Hi guys, I'm your host Camila and welcome to our podcast, Conversando, where we're turning up the volume on our community's voices. Join us for lively chats with a colorful mix of guests from Latinitas insiders and achievers to everyday Latinos with extraordinary tales, because here it's all about the chat. Today's a bit of a special episode as our co-host Frankie Alaniz and some of the Latinita staff joined me to talk about what it was like growing up Latino in the Lone Star State. We reminisce on some of the most country things we did as kids, the realities of growing up feeling othered, and our overarching love of community and the rodeo on a very Texas episode of Conversando. Enjoy! Awesome. So thank y'all for being here again. I'm very excited to get the new Conversando, you know started um first can we go around and introduce yourself your staff title and uh where you're from my name is alondra dame and i am the communications coordinator here at latinitas and i am from a really small town called schulenberg texas which if you know about that very interesting to me (laughs) i don't think i do but (laughs) yep and not a lot of people do it's very exciting when someone tells me i know where that's at i get very excited (laughs) Hi, I'm Estefania Romero. I'm program uh, manager at Latinitas. I was born in Venezuela, but I moved to the United States when I was 10. I lived in many different places in the United States, and uh, when I was in middle school, I lived in Houston, Texas. I'm one of the hosts, but I'm also Camila de Jesus, magazine and media editor. And I grew up in Sugarland, Texas, but all my schooling was in Lake Houston because it was all Catholic private schools, which is a different thing. But so, yeah, like downtown center of Houston, essentially. Hi, uh, my name is Beatriz Castillo. I'm a program manager here at Latinitas. Um, I was born in Mexico, but I grew up here in Austin. So, yeah. Hello, my name is Mia Gomez Reyes. I am the flagship program coordinator at Latinitas. Uh, I was born in Oceanside, California on a military base, and I grew up a little bit in Florida, but the majority of my life and where I say I'm from is Laredo, Texas, which is a border town in Texas, and it is the last pit stop on I-35. Uh, my name is Alexandria Garza. I do go by Alec. I'm from Houston, Texas. I've lived around in Austin and San Antonio, but I rep Houston because it's town. Uh, I'm Frankie Alanis. I'm the digital content coordinator, and I'm from Missouri City, Texas, which is like right outside of Houston, like right next to Sherland and like Stafford. We're like in the suburbs of Houston. Woo. Yeah, we are. I was I was born at Lowe's. I tell everyone I was born at Lowe's because the hospital I was born at, they tore it down and they put a Lowe's there. Wait, wait, wait. Like the Lowe's, like the hardware store? Yeah, like the like the hardware store. <laughs> okay. That's kind of exciting. Stop, that's so funny, Frankie. <laughs> I've been there before, like before they tore it down. I had been there, but they tore it down and they made it into a Lowe's. So I was probably born in like, you know, the hardware section or something. <laughs> you know the lighting section where they have like all the ceiling fans and stuff? That's yeah. where I say I would I was born. Because that'd be kind of kind of cool. That's <laughs> a, that's a good <laughs> Frankie is literally from the woodworks. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so what would you say was the demographic of your, like, neighborhood and schools? Because I feel like even though we got, like, a lot of Houston people, Houston's different. And Texas in general is just, like, its own little country. So I was born in Galveston and then, like, lived in Houston until I was six, like, in the Fresno area. So uh, starting off, like, school, I did go to, like, my, like, bilingual school. So I never, I don't, I don't think it was ever made apparent to me, like, everyone looked like me. Everyone talked the same language I did. I never felt, like, isolated in any sort of way. But then when I was six, we moved to Schulenburg, and that's just, like, automatically you just notice everything like no one looks like me I was automatically put into ESL classes which is for me was just like an added like isolating factor to it because I wasn't even able to like make friends really because like halfway through the day I would be pulled out to a different class and like even then like I vividly remember like even the teachers that I had didn't even speak fluent Spanish they very much spoke Spanglish at the time so just like communicating was like very difficult for me. Like I like knew English, but it wasn't as fluent as my Spanish. And my parents like always just instilled in me that Spanish was going to be first and then English was going to be taught at school. But like my earliest childhood memories are those that just like no one looked like me. I struggled to make friends at the at the beginning because like, you know, there were a few people who spoke Spanish, but like I wasn't even able to talk to them because I was like automatically took out of class to be somewhere else. I think like very early on, it like instilled in me that like I needed to learn the language as fast as I could because I didn't want to feel like that anymore. And that's just like a feeling that just went throughout like my entire like early schooling because like Schulenburg is a really small town like it's a population of less than 3,000 people so I went to school with the same people from first grade all the way up until I graduated high school so it's just like you know the same people my whole entire life and it wasn't really until I got to college where it like kind of hit me where I was like oh (laughs) nobody looked like me where I was from like I think I really had to kind of hide a part of myself that I just recently started embracing a lot more because honestly I think it was like kind of a survival instinct for me for a very long time and it was really hard to come to terms with like oh I had to like put that in the back burner because I didn't want people to look at me or think of me differently which is sad but like you know it got me to where I am now so so what was the was the demographic just predominantly I mean the oh, name yeah. I assume yeah it's white, predominant, the, we don't the town the town is like a German town so it was it's a lot of like older white people yeah <laughs> it's very much a town where like if you don't have the right last name you really have to hustle for what you want it's very much like that that kind of scene yeah I think for me as well, um, I mean, I grew up here in Austin and I grew up in a pretty predominantly like Hispanic Latino neighborhood and like up to elementary school, it was like everybody was like Latino. So I pretty much um, was always like in bilingual classes or things like that. But then when I got into middle school and it was where I was, like, I felt like the same way that Alondra, I kind of like resonate that it was, I was put in classes where it was mostly um, like white people and I I didn't understand some some of like my parents are Mexican were very much like first generation. So my, some jokes that they would reference or 
I remember like artists or I don't know, comedians, things like that, that I, they would make those comments or jokes. And I would always be like, I am so left out because I'm, I'm as a first gen, I'm trying to figure out who these people are, what the kind of music is like, I, I didn't really understand. And I have to like go and like figure that out because I was used to at my house just listening to like music in Spanish. And like, it's like, oh, I know all of that, but I have no clue. <laughs> like the people that you guys have are listening to. So it was very much like just me trying to like discover that. And I do remember also like the, there was part in middle school where they had some classes with like mostly Latinos. And I would be like, why can't I be there? Because I know that maybe I could like get along a little bit more with them because you guys are, they're more part of my culture. Um, so it was just like a learning process. And for me and uh, also college is also predominantly white. So I had to like learn a little bit of that. And I mean, there was places where I was like the only in middle school and college, the only like Latina there. And uh, it's just kind of like, okay, well, this is how it is. But you kind of just learn to embrace who you are, I feel like now, now that I'm in my mid 20s. I think about like growing up where my grandma is because that's kind of where I grew up and that neighborhood was is and still is like it was and still is strictly Latinos like in school everybody knew that neighborhood as a Latino neighborhood and I remember like in elementary school and even through middle school the demographics it it, in high school too the minorities were the majorities there and everyone knew it the thing with me was there was a lot of Asians in my school. So in a lot of my classes, I was with a lot of Asians. So I really didn't have a lot of Latino friends growing up. Like I had a fifth, a quinceanera and like all my friends that showed up were Asians. I didn't really have like Latino friends that would, that I could like invite, um, which is nothing wrong with that. That's just kind of like who I stuck around. But in high school, I was able to meet more people of different diverse backgrounds and also, like, coming to UT, I've made a lot of friends that are Latinos and are able to, like, kind of understand, like, you know, where I come from and, like, what it means to be Latino as well. But, yeah, I definitely grew up in a very Latino neighborhood. There's, like, you know, you drive around, there's the, the dads outside kind of drinking and listening to music. And almost every night there's a party somewhere or loud music playing. Like, literally, that whole strip had nothing but, like car shops, tire shops, meat markets, banquet halls, um, gas stations, definitely like a Latino highlighted neighborhood. And that's what it was, how it was emphasized at my schools too. Like, oh, like you live in that neighborhood. I know what neighborhood that is. And it's like, dang, is that a good thing or is that a bad thing? So, yeah. I can share a little bit about mine. So, so I shared that I grew up in Venezuela and I uh, lived we lived in the capital, which is Caracas. And so when I was living there, I, my sister and I went to uh, an American school. And so that's when we learned English. And that I feel like helped me a lot too, once we moved to the United States to have be fluent in English. And, and also I feel like when I was younger, because at that school, it was very international. So at that time in, in Venezuela, when it was a different time and it was, you know, there was a lot more prosperity and the the country was in a, a much better situation than it is now. There's a lot of people from all over the world that 
you know, were living in Venezuela and they would put their kids in this school. And so I feel really grateful that I, since, since younger, I was in an environment where I had friends from so many different countries. And so I think that helped me to kind of prep into then moving to a new country and being the outsider. So we moved to Boston first for a year when I was in fifth grade. And then after a year there, we moved to Houston, Texas. And so I did sixth grade until ninth grade in Houston. And then we moved to Miami, Florida, which is a whole different environment. But in Houston, we lived in a suburb. We lived in Spring, uh, Spring, Texas, which is a suburb of Houston. And yeah, I was, I was one of the very few Latinas and my sister and I, you know, we had the experience of coming in and speaking Spanish at home. My, my parents were very adamant about continuing to speak Spanish at home and, Middle school is such a weird time of our lives in general. And so for me, I was not only in a different country, in a different city, but also trying to navigate who I am. First of all, in middle school, you're trying to navigate who you are in general, right? It's all awkward. You're trying to uh, know who you are, how to fit in. And at the same time, I'm also trying to figure out who I am. Like, am I Venezuelan, Latina? I'm, you know, now living in Houston, Texas. And I had friends, most of my friends were, they were like white American or Asian American or, but for the most part, I did not have any Latina friends. I think I had one one of my friends who was from the Dominican Republic and her and my mom became really good friends like instantly. They, we were in the same class and then they're still friends now and I'm still friends with her. I think I had a, I had a good group of friends, but I adapted a lot to the culture of, of being in middle school and being in the community that I was in. And it wasn't really until I moved to high school in Miami that I was around way more Latin Americans and Central Americans and that I started to embrace more my my Latino culture. And a big part of that, too, was embracing my name because Estefania is a hard name to pronounce if you don't speak Spanish. And I remember being, in, especially in middle school in Houston, Texas, uh, where there's very little Spanish speakers trying to pronounce my name, and I was always so embarrassed. Um, and so, uh, my family I, and growing up always calls me Steffi. That's like my nickname, and so I just started to go by that and try to Americanize my my name some more. So that was that was a big part of it. And I do remember. I know, uh, Londra, you were talking about the. The teachers in your school that like barely even spoke Spanish, but they were teaching Spanish. I remember in my in ninth grade, my mom wanted really wanted me to to sign up for for Spanish class. And of course, I was going to be with seniors and juniors because I was way more advanced. I was like the AP class or the honors class or the highest I could go as a ninth grader. And it was very very basic Spanish, and I knew more than the teacher basically and so then finally my mom was like okay I understand like you can go play tennis during this elective with your friends because I know that's what you really want to do she was like trying to attempt for me to 
stay within Spanish class, but it wasn't necessarily the right fit. So it's just, it's just funny, but, but yeah, um, a little bit of mix, mixed experiences for me and definitely things that I'm, I'm very grateful for now as well. Cause I feel like it really shaped who I am. Sure. I, it's so weird that we've all kind of, not all, but you know, a lot of us have passed through Houston in some way or another, because I think all our experiences are super different. Like I grew up like in Sugarland, which at the time was predominantly like when we moved there, when my mom moved there was predominantly white. And there was a lot of like weird dynamics with that. But then it got super diverse or more diverse as that was happening as I was growing up. And I went to school in like the heart of Houston in like two different private schools. And they were wildly like diverse. Like I never felt very different or anything. It really felt like there we had like a huge Filipino aspect, a huge Hispanic aspect, huge. There were specifically like Nigerian, but also like African-American. Like there was just so much happening there. It really kind of felt like the like melting pot or whatever of Houston was in those classrooms. So all of my friends just looked like different. I hung out a lot with like Filipino kids. The only thing I ever noticed was when I went to high school I went to like it was private school but I went to like the bad private school which like was the only one I got into (laughs) but because I failed (laughs) the entrance exam I wanted to go to this all-girls school I did not get in I got into I remember when we were touring it there was like a teenager that was pregnant and I was like oh like this is like bad kids I'm sorry like if you're pregnant you're so valid but um anyway so (laughs) I it was just very like a weird vibe and I went and it was like super diverse probably more so than the others but that was the only time where I felt like there was a really big Hispanic clique and I was very much not in that clique and like they would see me and I just always looked like this white girl to them but if I would talk to them they would very much be like oh but you're not like actually Hispanic like and I'd be like no I'm Puerto Rican like both parents and all this stuff and they'd be like no but like do you speak Spanish or whatever do you like like this music it was just very like, I just didn't feel like I felt like I, I remember visibly like walking away from them anytime they were around because I just didn't want to like feel not Hispanic enough. And I just felt like sad about that. And yeah, outside of that, I, it was like a fairly diverse time. It was really only until I got here that I started actually feeling like maybe I am Spanish. <laughs> like that sounds really dumb, but it's like. It just is like, it's hard sometimes. I feel like you don't look it. And if you don't look a certain way, people treat you differently. Like I saw my parents get treated differently and me get more, I looked more valid to other Hispanic people when they saw my parents. They were like, oh yes, you are one of us. You are Hispanic. Look at that. And I'd be like, wow, crazy. But now it's like working here. I feel so connected to my heritage. And like, I mean, also just like looking at, like all of us is like we all just look so different and it's like that's kind of the whole point of ethnicity and all that stuff but yeah so it was a, it was an interesting upbringing it never felt very I don't know I think because where I was it never felt very like one thing only type it was yeah big city vibes I guess yeah I think I can relate to that a little bit because like I grew up like right next to you and so there was a lot more like we, I feel like I had a lot more, like, Nigerian and, like, um, it was predominantly white, but I had a, we had a lot more Nigerian, we had a lot more 
like Asian in, in our community, but like I saw like over the years, it got a lot more diverse. Like just Fort Bend in general just got like a lot, lot more diverse. And so I started, like I, I hung out with everybody in high school. Like I was everybody's friend. Like, so I would hang out with, you know, I had my friends that were Hispanic that they knew I was Hispanic, but like, I was just like, yeah, I'm Hispanic, but like, but I never spoke Spanish. So it wasn't like anything. It was kind of like, I, f- I also felt like an outsider because I didn't speak Spanish, but they also were so nice to me that I was Hispanic, that they saw me and they're like, hey, what's up? You know, and so it was nice to always have like different groups that I could hang out with. I mean, in the reverse, Laredo is at this time, I have no idea, but probably still pretty high. But when I was growing up, it was 98% Hispanic. The entire city, not just my high school, not just like my middle school, but like the whole city was just primarily Mexican people. Yeah, it really like messes with your perception of like what is normal. So when I looked around, I was like, well, every person in the world is Mexican and there's nothing else. (laughs) Like, that's it. That's all. The community is it. Um, And I feel like in the reverse, because I'm half Mexican, half Puerto Rican, and my Puerto Rican heritage was really important to me when I, like, first got to Laredo when I was, like, in middle school and being, like, yeah, I'm Puerto Rican and I'm very proud. I think, like, a lot of people growing up kind of just, like, because they had never really interacted with a Puerto Rican person before and they knew my Mexican heritage because they were also Mexican, they kind of just, like, pretended I was just fully Mexican and, like, moved on. It was like, well, the Puerto Rican part doesn't count. I'm not going to pay attention to that part. And my mom was Mexican, and that was the person that came to all of my events, and the person that my friends saw the most, and the person who cooked for them when my friends came over. So it was just always a very Mexican-heavy household. And I feel like I really struggled with, like, the idea of being, like, two different Latin heritages. And, like, I felt, like, guilty that I felt like I was hiding being Puerto Rican. But I also, like, was like, I don't owe anybody an explanation of, like how much I feel versus the other, like, am I 75% this or 50% that or whatever I feel that it is. But then when I got to UT, because I came to college, then I, like, felt like I snapped into reality. That was, like, the brutal awakening where I was like, oh, I lived in a bubble and my bubble was awesome and now this is the real world. Like, it's a primarily white institution. There's not a lot of kids who look like me, not a lot of kids who are any kind of mixed Latino at UT to begin with. Latino at all um so it was like a big like learning curve to kind of come out of like growing up in a place where your culture is validated and important and like the baseline of your existence to come somewhere else and then be like I can't I don't understand why you have two last names (laughs) like that was like the switch up and so it was weird I think for me to like kind of kind of realize that I was finally getting to the place where like a lot of other Latin people were in the rest of the country with like their understanding of who they were in America. I feel like it took me a long time to kind of get there and meet everybody else where they were at because I hadn't experienced it as much. It's kind of a blessing though that you were able to have that type of first experience where you didn't immediately feel othered. I mean, yeah, I was really lucky. I did live in, like, Florida for a little bit, and I had gotten, like, made fun of by certain kids being, like, perpetuating stereotypes, being like, yeah, you can't sit with me because you're Mexican and you're going to sell me drugs. And I was like, okay, I'm in sixth grade. (laughs) And you are also a sixth grader. So even if I wanted to, where would you find that money? Um, So I think it was just... I think it was the right time that I ended up moving to Laredo kind of to kind of protect protect me from like mean teenagers. Um, 
but then I got to college and I just met mean adults and I was like, Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. I don't have any practice. See, for me, it was like the complete opposite. Cause I went to Texas state, which is like a Hispanic serving institution. So like, for me, it was just like the complete opposite. And I, I really do think that the reason I was able to like, really just like come into my skin was because I went there. Just because like I mentioned, like I spent literally my entire, entire upbringing dreading like people would like literally come up to me in school and be like, well, can you say this in Spanish? Or like, can you say this in Spanish? Like, like then like me having to prove to them that I can even speak Spanish, which like at the time, like wasn't weird. But now that I think about it, I'm like, that's so weird. Like, why would you come up to someone and like ask them to say something in Spanish? Like, that like doesn't make any sense. And like, even like where I went to school, it was very like academics was like really important. And I really cared about my grades and like, you know, there was a small, like a very small number of like Latinos. And it was always very weird that I was like in these classes. And it was very weird that I was like graduating at the top of my class. And like, but like, I felt like I needed to prove myself even more. Like, you know, there was always like comments made to me. Like I vividly remember like this one time someone asked me, they're like, well, like, why are you hanging out with all the Mexicans now? And I was just like, what are you talking? Like, that is a, a comment that was made to me in high school. And I was just like, and like, I just like took a step back and I was like, there's literally like three of us. Like, what, what does that even mean? Like, like, honestly, like, what does that mean? And so like, that's like where I, like what I grew up in, like, I just like always just like put in the back of my head. I was like, whatever, whatever. But then I got to Texas state and like my, all my best friends now, like most of them are just Latinos. And it was, it was just like very eye opening to me. Cause I think I just suppressed everything and I, I never really noticed. And like, if you would have asked me while I was in high school, it would have been like, oh yeah, my high school years were like great. Like it was, it was good, fun time. But like now I like got to Texas State and I was like, well, actually, they kind of sucked. <laughs> if I really think about it, they were like awful. <laughs> I will say, though, like in the reverse of like when you have like one group of people that is all the same, you kind of think you kind of experience other things louder. Like Laredo is very machista. The sexism is like through the roof. And so, like, they couldn't make fun of me for being Hispanic because we were all Hispanic. So, like, every negative thing I ever grew up learning was that because I was a girl. It didn't make sense that I was doing this because I was a girl. Why was I getting this? Because I was a girl. And, like, that's not how Latina women are supposed to be. You're too loud. You're too argumentative. Um, you're being a B word. It was, like, all of these things consistently because they needed to find something, some way to still somehow put you down, I guess. And in, in Hispanic culture, like the machismo can get really strong. And since Laredo is very like homogenous in Hispanic culture, there's no other views coming through. So it's just real intense machismo everywhere. I think a big part of a big part of just, you know, finding your identity and being Latina and all that is just understanding who who you are and and it's interesting how we all had like different experiences uh, within different groups so when I I spoke about being in in Houston and being more of an outsider right or not so much an outsider but being more um, within like my white American friends and speaking mainly English and, and all of that. So then when I moved to, I moved to Miami, Florida for high school and there I was in a private school and pretty international, a lot of Latin Americans and also people like, uh, 
that grew up in, in Florida. And there it was interesting because I was friends with a lot of uh, Latinos. And But at that time, then I, I was often also told like I wasn't Venezuelan enough or because I was too Americanized I was too gringa and and so then it was you know figuring out okay what does that mean why can't I you know have friends that are from here friends that don't speak Spanish you know doesn't I always grew up my family's pretty international they they kind of live everywhere so um, I grew up kind of with that notion that I can have a mix of friends and not everyone needs to be from the same place or everyone speaks Spanish and, and all of that. So I think I also experienced that a little bit when I went to school, uh, to college. And within uh, the Latinos there is, oh, but you're, you know, you're Venezuelan, but you ha you have a lot of friends that are gringas or, you know, you, you, you're too gringa, you're too Americanized or whatever. And I just think like all of this has really helped me understand that it's being Latina is whatever I think that whatever blend is right for me. And that was something that growing up, I often had no idea what that was. And I questioned that a lot. And I know that when, you know, I think back to like what we do at Latinitas and, and the students that we serve, how many of them are wondering the same thing, are trying to discover what that is. And so I just, I just hope that, you know, whoever is listening or is like trying to find that it's, there's a lot of noise out there. And whether you speak English or, or you speak Spanish or I, I don't know. It's really up to us to to understand who who we are in in that sense of of being Latina or Latino. I'm super. Thank you for saying that. Hard agree with all of that. It always feels like you're just like an imposter faking some idea that someone else has of your identity. Like it's just no matter what it is, it's not always right. I always feel even like. Like, I don't know, I always feel like when I listen to music, I'm like, oh, no, I'm not listening to like enough Spanish music. But then it's like, OK, but am I actually listening to this because I want to? Or am I listening to this because I'm like, this is it makes me more Hispanic because look at me. I'm bumping Juan Luis Guerra. Like, it's like it's just very. <laughs> he has really good songs. OK, but it's just very like I, I don't know. It's so difficult to figure it out. It really is like through working here that I've kind of felt because these are things I never had to. Like, I feel very privileged hearing all your stories and that I, I had a super diverse upbringing. And then I went to UHD, which is like predominantly Hispanic. And that was during the 2016 election. And it was like needed to be in that place during that time it was very helpful at that. Like, yeah, I would not want to be other places at that time. And then I went to Brooklyn College. So it was very, <laughs> very diverse. And then all of a sudden I went here and I just I love working with all you guys. It has really helped me feel especially all our like. Taylor Swift and like other pop culture vibes like it's just like we're all connected we just all love pop culture and drama it's just fun and it just it makes me feel like I belong and I'm I am who I am and it is valid enough um, going with like what Estefania and like Camila you guys were saying I, I really resonate with that because um I feel like we are in a like us like we're in a very specific I don't want to say category, but kind of like I, I identify myself as Mexican, but also I am not the same as somebody that grew up in Mexico. Like there's just no way, like we have very different upbringings. Um, 
either we want it or not. <laughs> like I, I grew up with both cultures. I grew up with like my Latino culture, but also I very much grew up, I grew up in the United States. So it's like, I, I gather a lot of those, I don't know, mannerisms, jokes, uh, that music. And honestly, now I, I think it's really amazing that I get to experience music in both languages, literature in both languages, like all these things that we get to just take in. And right now I feel like I'm in a time of my life where I feel like I'm very, I'm getting confident, I'm very confident in like who that my heritage or and where I come from. And I do really relate that to working here because it's, I think your 20s are very formative years. I don't know. Um, and it's just, I feel really blessed to be able to work with you guys every single day. And you guys understand where I'm coming from and um, how I grew up and just understand that we're not necessarily fully from here but not also fully from there <laughs> like that weird in between that's us like I it's just nice to know that there's more of us and that we we can take that little bit of everything okay my only question that okay this is <laughs> this is very selfish it's like okay so do all of you guys speak Spanish outside of me and Frankie which I blame my parents but you know we don't have to okay low-key do you judge us like, low-key, are you a little bit, like, you're not Hispanic? Like, a little bit? I don't know that I believe it. But. <laughs> I used to think when I was little that I didn't understand why. I was always, like, I think it's, like, one of those things when you're a little kid where you think people are kind of just born with abilities. Like, how, like, if a kid has seen a person with tattoos their whole life, they just think that people are born with tattoos. I feel like that's what I used to think when I was really little. Um... And then my little sibling took seven years to be able to speak a sentence in Spanish. And I was always like, why can't you do it? This doesn't make sense. And it was just like, I think it took me until I was like an older sister to someone who struggled more to like realize that it was a skill that had to be taught by somebody else and had to be practiced. And if it wasn't invested in, then it just was harder for some first like the community to develop and the language to become a part of it. So I think after that, I, I woke up and I was like, no, it's different for everyone. Well, I always say like at my house, I have two siblings and like, I'm the oldest, but my, my brother and I, like, we very much grew up, like, speaking Spanish. But my little sister, since she's the youngest one, she grew up kind of me and my brother speaking to her in, in like English. So I think obviously like Spanish was her first language, but now it's like, it's changed that she just prefers, she prefers Span uh, English, but it's kind of like, I still want her to have that, like that Spanish, like I want her to like not lose it. And it's just kind of like, it, it's just funny to me how it kind of like it, changes practice with, it with her. It's so yeah. important. I swear <laughs> at one point I was very good. But like, and like, if you throw me in Puerto Rico, I can talk, I can explain my allergies, I can eat in restaurants, I'm very good. <laughs> but I, yeah, I don't know, something about being in Texas, I'm just like, I don't know. <laughs> but okay, Alondra, you were gonna say something. It's the Spanglish. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. I was gonna say that I think when, 
when I was little, like I, it's, it's a funny, my mom always tells a story whenever she got pregnant with like my brother that I was like, Oh, okay. I'll have a brother, but I only want him to speak Spanish. Like, I don't want him to speak English. Like that was like such a thing for me because like it was where I was at and like where I was at school, like everyone around me was just like speaking Spanish primarily. And like English was just like in the back burner. So I was like, I don't even want, I, I like to me, I didn't want to speak English. I was like, gross. I never want to speak that language ever. And like, that was just like how I grew like literally like that me like at six years old I was like that's so gross like why do I ever want to speak English like I vividly remember thinking that and but then like when I moved to where like I grew up I remember thinking that like Spanish me speaking Spanish was just like something else that set me apart from everyone else and like I genuinely I was like oh my gosh I wish I didn't speak Spanish and like for a really long time like I genuinely like did not want to speak Spanish and I remember like my parents would be like there's you're just never gonna lose that like you have to but like I remember like even like going into stores with like my parents and my mom speaking Spanish to me and me like not wanting to respond in Spanish because everyone would just like turn around and look at us but like now that I'm older and I have like another younger brother he's nine now and he like does not speak Spanish like I always say like my the middle brother I always call him a no salvo kid and then like my younger brother I call him an I don't know kid because he just like genuinely like does not want to speak Spanish but he like understands it and stuff but like now like thinking and like looking I'm like oh I like I really wish he was able to speak Spanish but like my mom always makes the comment of so he had a speech impediment growing up and she just says as long as he can communicate with me I don't care what he speaks <laughs> I was like he's like as long as he can tell us how he feels I don't I don't care what he speaks so like I always think about it like that just like as long as you're able to communicate with people like it really doesn't matter when I was younger in elementary school the teachers would tell my mom like she needs to learn more English and like she needs to like speak up more because I was really shy because I was like oh my accent like people are gonna notice is just too much so I refused to like read in books in English and I would be like no I am only reading in Spanish I'm very stubborn and I'm like I'm not reading that I am not talking I, if you want to communicate to me communicate to me in Spanish um but I mean I, I was just like I don't want to lose it this is just part of who I am um but then obviously you have to kind of you have to learn English and you have to speak English in class so you kind of learn and that kind of changed a little bit but yeah I was like oh it just takes me back your your memories. <laughs> I grew up like the total opposite. Like I grew up not really speaking Spanish. I think the only time was when I was like probably like a baby baby. My grandparents would talk to me in Spanish and I would understand, I guess. I don't know. I was too young to remember. Like when I grew up, I like only spoke English. Like I didn't really know Spanish. I probably knew like a few things just because my grandma would teach me. But I was always embarrassed to not know Spanish. Like I was like, dang, like Am I really Mexican? Like, or am I just like, you know, a dark person? Because I don't know Spanish. I really questioned my identity. And I grew up like listening to Spanish music. Um, I remember my grandpa would have this show on TV and it was like Spanish. And I remember them just speaking super fast. And I'm like, how am I going to understand that? <laughs> um, but the first time I had the opportunity to speak Spanish, like I took it. And that was in middle school when, you know, they, they start offering like language and one of them was Spanish and I took it and I was so like motivated, like I need to know Spanish, like I'm serious about this. And I continued that like till college. I like I was able to get like the proficiency in it. I'm not super fluent. I still like struggle to this day speaking Spanish, but I 
try to like practice by like understanding what people are saying. Like I'll try to listen more and I'll be like, Oh, like that's how you say that. That's like, I kind of make mental note, but yeah, I grew up not knowing Spanish and I was always super embarrassed and I still am. Cause I don't know Spanish that well. Um, and I always feel embarrassed. Like when I have to ask somebody like, how do you say this? And it's like, but I should know that, um, but I've kind of grown to like be okay with like not knowing it. But yeah, that was my growing up with the Spanish. I relate so much. I, but like I learned by like listening to my mom gossip on like the phone. All she'd do is talk in Spanish, and I'd just be like, like she thought I couldn't understand. And then sometimes she'd say something like shocking, and I'd just look at her and I'd be like, oh, and she, like, as though now she knows. But like, and people used to do that. I remember I have a skin condition, and I had like a really bad skin day in church. And I remember these little girls in Spanish were like, "Look at her skin. Do you see her skin? It's so ugly." And I was like, "Yeah, you think so?" And they were like. Oh, you can understand us. <laughs> so I like, it's like my little secret weapon. I can, I can do that. I can understand. I can, speaking it makes me scared, but. No, well, that's like the best superpower to be like, I understand what you're saying. <laughs> I did stop speaking Spanish a lot in college and I got really sad about that. I think it was because I was so used to speaking it at home and speaking with my sibling and like with the people I went to school with. And then I moved to college and I lived, I had white roommates. The theater and dance department is like, all of our work is done in English. Like all of our classes are in English. Like it was really hard for me to like practice. My partner, um, while he's Hispanic, like he also like learned Spanish when he was little and then stopped speaking Spanish. He doesn't really know Spanish as much anymore. And so like, even though we practice, it's more for his benefit. It's not for like my fluency and ability to have a conversation. And so, like, I went through three years of college, like, not getting to speak Spanish as much. And so now I'm more embarrassed to speak it in my own home than I am at work for whatever reason. Like, at work, I feel so chill and be like, I'm going to talk in Spanish at work with my coworkers and it's exciting and I can't wait to do it. Or, like, with the girls at club. Ugh, it was amazing. I was always like, yes, I get to go speak Spanish. And then I would come home and be like, I got to speak Spanish this amount of times today. And my boyfriend would be like, you can also do it here and I'd be like I don't want you to hear me no I don't know why I was like so embarrassed um and I think I just felt like on display or like I had to be an example of like this is good Spanish practice like this and I didn't want to do that um so I stopped I think I've learned all of my Spanish like from y'all like from working at Latinitas like I've taken uh, no I've taken so many like I took so many classes like like, my family speaks Spanish. Like, my grandma and my grandfather, they spoke Spanish. Or they speak Spanish. My grandfather spoke Spanish. My grandma, my grandma on my dad's side speaks Spanish. Like, all, all of my dad's side speaks Spanish, but my mom's side doesn't. So, it's kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, they didn't teach me. And I always felt, like, left out. Like, because they would, like, my grandma and my grandpa would talk in Spanish sometimes. And I'd be like, what are y'all talking about? And, like, to this day, my mom, my grandmother will, like, come to me and she'll be like, she'll say something in Spanish. And I'll be like... You got me because I don't know. I don't. Sorry. But yeah, I went through. I think that's where the where the with where my schooling really like messed me up was like I took Spanish in freshman year, but I was taught by like a white woman. Like all my teachers were white. And so I was just kind of like, I don't really I'm not going to get anything out of this. Like, and nobody wanted to teach me at home. But now it's kind of like, I want to learn because I listen to so much music and I do so much and I don't understand half the music I listen to, but it bumps. So 
it's just kind of like I need to like learn my heritage like because I grew up like my I grew up with all my heritage too like my grandmother like makes home hey home homemade tortillas like every single time she makes tortillas like so it's kind of just like weird where I grew up it's like I grew up Hispanic but at the same time I'm like super whitewashed and I don't like it and someone like has told me like yeah oh like a white person told me I was like too white and I wasn't Hispanic enough and I was like no but yeah that was my experience well, even I'm somebody that like, I think I, I know Spanish pretty well, but something that I'm even insecure about is, again, with the whole like I grew up school is everything's in English. So I, I only know like conversational Spanish. I don't know like the Spanish that my cousins that grew up in Mexico know, like, um, like the, the essays, like all of all of that, like I can read it and I can understand, but it's. I wish I had that. I wish I was, um, I wish I, I had that vocabulary um, that, they, that they have. I feel like I just, I, I can talk to anybody in Spanish and understand like 99%, but I just wish I was more, I don't know, just my vocabulary a little bit higher as it is in English. Yeah. I also wish I could speak it faster too. I feel like I, I like, I talk a lot and I, I, my thoughts are just, I'm just thinking all the time and like sometimes I want to express that with like my especially with my dad because my mom speaks English so I'm able to just mix the two but like sometimes with my dad I just like it like takes me longer to like get things out because I'm just like how do I say this how do I say this how do I say this I just feel like I can't express myself as much as I can in English and then like another thing that I'm very insecure about is like writing in Spanish like I every time I have to write in, like I know I can do it but it's like a big insecurity of mine because I don't know all the accent marks and everything and it you know it goes back to the vocabulary as well because I'm just like I can I can express this in English but like how do I translate this to sound good in Spanish and I, I'm always reminded with like my family from Mexico comes and I just hear them talking and they talk so fast so fast like I have one tia in specific and she just has a very expansive vocabulary and like sometimes I just look at my mom and I'm just like what is she saying right now like is she speaking Spanish because like sometimes I'm like I don't think she's speaking Spanish because she talks so fast and there's just like these big words that I've just never heard before and it just like makes me feel like I don't even know Spanish <laughs> well there's even TikToks about it it's like when you go to your native country when you go to Mexico and they're like there's talking and you're like what and I'm just like yeah that's pretty much how I feel too when they come and I'm like wow we really did grow up different like we both know Spanish but it's it's a different kind of Spanish also slang slang is different in every country it's different in every part of the country like Mexico has different slang and they're because they're such a big country and I used to get made fun of when I would go to what I call like the fatherland because that I went to I would go to Puerto Rico that was fatherland <laughs> and then Mexico was motherland and so I would go to the fatherland um and I would start speaking and they would be like I don't know what you want and I would be like what do you mean I'm talking to you in Spanish give me what I'm asking for and they're like that's not what we call that here that means something else like that's incorrect and they would like make fun of me for not being able to switch between two whole different dialects aparte, like separate from everything else, not just knowing English and Spanish, but I needed to know Mexican Spanish and I needed to know Puerto Rican Spanish. And I barely oh, and they're knew so one. Different. So I was like, I can't. Puerto Rican is so different. And they're so different. Yeah. The way they pronounce it is different. And it was just, 
And then my mom, the reason I like know Mexican Spanish is because she was like, she's not going to talk like Puerto Rican people. She's going to enunciate. And so then I get made fun of for pronouncing Spanish correctly. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, okay, you can never win. You can know the language or not know the language, but you're never yeah. going to win regardless because somebody's always going to want you to speak some way that you don't. Oh my gosh, yeah. And now to some fun questions. So the first question is, what is your favorite pastimes? I love to read books. I love to read my silly little books. That is like my fave, like that's my hobby. And then I love to be dramatic about pop culture. I just love to talk about pop culture and know everything that's going on um, to the point where like, if you ask me a question, I like this, like this, like this, like it's in the back of my head. Like a lot of unnecessary information lives up here, unfortunately. (laughs) And that's my hobby. I would honestly say same. I like writing songs and like bad poetry. That's that and painting and also pop culture. A lot of pop culture comment YouTube commentary videos. That's really where I live. <laughs> that's my home right now. <laughs> but that's me. I don't really have free time because a lot of you may know me as a workaholic. If I'm not studying or if I'm not at work, <laughs> I'm crying at the gym Um, no but no I I love to go to the gym it's just I've I've heard like if you keep your body healthy and your mind healthy like everything just kind of falls into place um so that's just kind of my allotted time to get stronger in all types of ways I also like to read a lot I love my silhouette books I've always been a, a book kid I was that kid that, like, used to, like, finish their work in math so that I could just go to the library. Um, that was me, because I didn't like math, so I would dip. Um, and I love reality TV. We kind of had a breakup for a little bit, because it was kind of just, like, for college. I needed to focus on real-world problems. So we broke up during college, but I took a, I took a, I took a break, and we're back together now. Um, so I watched, like, The Bachelorette, Big Brother. I just started Vanderpump Rules. I have, I have an addiction. I love reality TV. I love people, like, just being people, unscripted. Show me the truth. Do you like the really dramatic, like, Dance Moms? I did watch a little bit of Dance Moms in high school, but I feel like when you start a series like Dance Moms that has such a long history and so many seasons... Um, and if you don't have access to all of those seasons in one place, which when I was in high school, you did not, only some of them were on streaming, it's really hard to get into it. That's why I'm really happy about starting Vanderpump Rules is because all 10 seasons are on Peacock right now. So I just went backwards and started at one. And so like, I'm just staying off the internet and just consuming as much of it as possible so that when I'm caught up, I can go be insufferable online and I'll have all the information and I'll avoid spoilers. You know, I really, I really want Twitter or, okay, X, whatever. I want Twitter to desperately, like, do an advanced settings thing on your phone where you can, like, section off the tweets by dates because they have it on your laptop because that's all I ever want to do when I'm rewatching like old reality TV like RuPaul's Drag Race all I want to do is go to like that section in time and see what people were saying when that episode aired and like you can do it on your laptop you can't do it on your phone and it drives me absolutely insane because it's like I don't want spoilers I just want to know like what were what was trending on the backstory at last week so I don't know about what happened this week it's very necessary I didn't know you could do that on a laptop mm-hmm. oh that's yeah cool. it's very helpful <laughs> for that I guess 
<laughs> I think you can do that on Tumblr tags too, but also only on the desktop. You can't do it on the mobile app, which is how I primarily consume like Big Brother, like tweeting and tumbling. Like I do it on the mobile app, so like I just have to stay off unless I haven't seen. Yeah, the it's so stupid. I it makes me so mad. What about you guys, Beatrice and Stephania? It's funny because Mia said she got into reality TV after college, but I got into it in college because I just needed an escape. Uh, <laughs> and I couldn't read books because all the books that I read were for school and I was just so exhausted. But now that I'm out of college, four years out, uh, I, I'm a big, I've always, always, always been a big reader. So that's my, that's my little escape. That's my little pastime. <laughs> And for me, uh, a big hobby of mine is um, uh, gardening, and I'm a plant mom, and so <laughs> I, I love to uh, buy plants and repot them and just take care of them. It it's, brings me a lot of joy, and it's part of, like, self-care. Um, I think generally self-care, too, is just wellness and well-being um, is also a big a big part of my, my lifestyle. I I care about that a lot. So um, I could say it's, yeah, I guess it could be a hobby, but more of a, a, a lifestyle. So switching gears, what's the most Texan thing you've ever done? I don't know if this is a Houston thing or a private school thing, but I was forced to learn how to hoe down and how to line dance during PE. Um, okay, so what is that? Because like I asked someone else and they said they didn't have to do that. So is that, what is that? That is Texas. That's Texas. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what I thought. This girl grew up in Austin and she was like, we didn't square dance. And she made me feel so alone. <laughs> it's like, we were forced. I didn't square dance. I, you didn't square well, dance? I grew up in Austin. We definitely did that. <laughs> we did mm -hmm. that in PE. Yeah, in elementary. Oh, you didn't do that, Frankie? You didn't learn? What's what's that one? A footloose? They didn't make you learn uh -uh, that? <laughs> we didn't learn any of that. No. I would have loved to learn Footloose, bro. Oh, we had to literally promenade with your partner. Well, in my school, they would wheel out the big TV and put like a VHS of like <laughs> hoedowning and then we'd all get, and I remember my crush and I were like in the same little group and we had to promenade and I was like, wow, I touched his hand. You guys didn't just like play dodgeball? It like was like three weeks kids. out of the year you had to do that. <laughs> I don't know. Three weeks? It was a whole... A whole show your parents would go watch you and they would make you practice but that. We didn't do a show. I don't know why we did it. <laughs> we did. We did. We did a whole show. We had a show. Mia's shocked. The whole thing. <laughs> I don't understand. I, I, I like to say that I miss a lot of my public school education um, because of moving between because of me, moving between states. So like I lived in Florida for some of my public school education. I lived in Texas. So I'm guessing whatever year we learned to hoe down, I did not live in Texas because I did not learn how to do this. But when I was in middle school and high school, and we would go to parties or quinceañeras. Everybody would know how to do it but me. And I was like, why does everyone know? <laughs> so I guess I missed it, you guys. <laughs> oh, I don't get recover. it. See, but I'll this isn't recover. everyone. I don't understand. Why did some schools not have to learn this? And they took it so seriously. Like, if oh, you okay. didn't do it right, that was a big problem. Restart. <laughs> Let's go back. It was Dance Moms. I think the most Texan thing about me is, like, in high school, 
I went to a very ag heavy school, like the arts was not a thing in my high school. So I like I spent until my senior year because I, I refused to, but like everyone had to be in FFA. Like everyone had to be in FFA. So Wait, what like, is literally, that? <laughs> it's future farmers of America. Like that's what that <laughs> is. Like, what is it? It's like you bleed blue and gold, I think is something like, like guys, it was to the point where like my freshman year, you take intro to ag and you have to memorize the entire FFA creed. Mm. And then like, it's a grade, the The creed, creed. you have to memorize it. And then it's for a grade, you go up to the teacher and you have to recite the whole thing. And like, if you don't know the whole thing, you get points docked off. And like, there's like green hand week where they like make you dye your hand green and you have to like, literally like on Friday, you spend the whole week decorating a shirt. And then on Friday, you have to wear the shirt, which is also for a grade. And so, and then you decide if you like are going to take it for real and you're going to do like actual competitions and stuff. And like, if you want to get scholarships or anything at my, like at my school, like that's where the money's at. Um, I was just not about it. I just did it because I had no choice. Like that's where my electives were at, but like, it's like to the point where like literally so many people that I graduated with, like that's what they're studying in in college right now. Like ag communication, like they're ag teachers, like, Agriculture yes, communication like for ag. Like I know so many girls that that's what they're studying and that's what they're doing. They're the people who came up with got milk. I bet <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, like there's people who like dedicate their entire high school years to like raising sheep and cows because that's what they show. And like, uh, and then like the whole year, everyone's just like, everyone's waiting for like the Houston rodeo because like that's like. Literal kids making trailers out of metal and stuff like that. So that was the most Texan. And also, I grew up on a farm. So that's also another very Texan thing about me. So No, I think the FFA. Yes, I was going to say the rodeo. (laughs) Yeah, I think the FFA thing is more unbelievable than the farm thing. You could have led with that. (laughs) The rest of the story would have made sense. I'm so not... I did not grow up in a small town to the point that when you said, like, my school was very, like, ag-heavy, I really thought you meant Aggies, and I wholeheartedly was like, yeah, Aggies, totally. That, that too, though. <laughs> that's, that's where everyone went to, so. I mean, same Z's. Same difference at that rate. Definitely the most Texas thing for me is, like, two different things. One of them is definitely the Houston Rodeo, like... Like, if you're not there, like, you're definitely, like, not Texan. And, like, that's what my family grew up around, too. Like, my grandpa, like, he owned a ranch. My uncles were bull riders. My mom and all, like, her brothers had horses. And, yeah, so, like, the rodeo is, like, what I grew up with. Like, I love to go watch bull riders. I like to watch the bronco riders, the barrel racing. And that's just, like, the place to be. And, like, you have your boots on, you have your cowboy hat on. Like, you're ready to go. And then the other Texas thing is homecoming. Just with, like, the moms. Yeah, I remember I would go all out on my moms. They were super sparkly, lights. The biggest I could go, I went. Teddy bears, everything. Yeah, I was going to say, would you get the one with the necklace? My senior year was the shape of Texas. Oh, my God. And it was... 
covered my whole chest. No. And had lights. Okay, if, if you're listening to this and you do not know Homecoming Texas, I beg you to Google mums. Like, Google that right in this moment. And you will be you will be floored. I Maybe I just have a... <laughs> That's true. But, but no, because mums, no one ever believes me. When I moved to New York, I'd be like, no, but like, look, like, look, it's, it's wild. But it wasn't even just the mums. It was just dressing up the whole week and just going all yeah. out, too. We had the last week where like they would all walk in the hallways, all the girls with their mums, and it would be so loud with just all the bells. So no, loud. My- my school put a restriction against the bells. Like, if you had bells on your mom's, <laughs> you had to tape them, and you would only be allowed to take off the tape for the football game. So, like, you couldn't walk around, like, the hallways with, like, your bells ringing because it was just... But, like, my school, surprisingly, I, I don't know how it is now, but, like, when I was in high school, like, the big, like, necklace moms, like, that wasn't a thing. Like, everyone wore, like, the pin moms. But what the girls would do is, like, they would have, like, one here, one here, and then, like, two on their legs. And then they would have, like, garters on, too. Which, like, at that point, like, just get the big one. <laughs> but, like, that's what, that's, so that's what people at my school would do. Yeah. I think I don't like them because I was never asked to prom, so it's a homecoming. So I think that's why in my head I'm like, that's stupid. I would never wear that. You guys didn't just like have no. a court and you would run for we court? For, like, oh, we did. Yeah, court. yeah. My school didn't even have a dance. Yeah. I think that's the most Texan thing I ever you did. You did that? You ran? ran for court. Oh, you did? I ran for homecoming court. Did you yes. win? <laughs> No, God, no. <laughs> um, no, but the way we did it was, like, it was, like, our way. So, like, I didn't have, like, a very big Texas heavy. Because, like, Laredo likes to be different. I think it's because we're Mexican. We just like to be different. In order to run for the court, you had to represent, like, an organization. So you had to get, like, nominated by the kids in your organization to, not to like, represent and run. And they would, like, sponsor you. And they would pay for your mom. And they would pay for whatever your, like chaperone kid guy would be and like I think at one of the high schools only girls were allowed to run so boys were just escorts they couldn't actually get crowned at my school they could don't know why that was just their prerogative I don't understand that one but yeah I I ran and we had to wear white dresses everyone that was how you you had to wear a white gown uh and my mom cried because she said it looked like I was going to be a bride and I was like girl I'm 17 years old (laughs) please back it up um, but yeah, I had like the bum right here. It's still in my mom's closet and it was really fun. And we had to do like a presentation dance, um, where we'd be like, it was like a waltz. Yeah. And then we did a surprise dance. Like it was a quinceanera dude, like straight up, like in the gym. <laughs> That's like a, what's it called? A debutante? Isn't yeah, that it was kind that? of like, it was like a yeah. mix between like yeah. Texas homecoming and like a debutante ball. And it was a mix. Yeah. And that was how oh, we did yeah. it. And I know that that's very different from a lot of like Texas high schools, but that's what we did. Side note, who here had a quince? Raise your hand if you had a quince. <laughs> no? Just us two? The ones that felt the least Hispanic? <laughs> was that validating to you? Because it was validating to me when it happened. I was like, y'all, look at this. It was definitely like, like my mom definitely was like, I don't care, you're having one. I had one, you're having one. Oh, same. Like, I don't care my if mom broke, was poor yeah. or whatever, you're going to have one. <laughs> no literally my mom was like the opposite she was like I went to a cruise so I wasn't allowed to have one because that's what I did so you're having one and I was like why can't I go to a cruise and she's like you wouldn't like it and I was like okay she literally was like you're allergic to everything you can't eat like she was like but you can 
the kids. And I and it was it was a moment. It was it stressed me out for a whole year, and then I was like sad that it happened because I was like that was too much. I didn't have like a big court like you know you're supposed to have like 14 and 14 and you're supposed to be like the 15th one um I didn't have all that I just had like you know close friends that were in my court and that was it like that's and I had like a theme and what was your theme what was your theme oh my god I don't even know why I did it (laughs) my theme was Wizard of Oz so (gasps) I had I had the blue and white dress I had the red shoes um, wait that's cute that's cute though the red yeah. shoes yeah the red shoes my godmother who makes my cake she put like a yellow brick road and the dolls out in front of the cake and she put poppy flowers on top because um, that was a flower in the movie and then we walked each of my people in my court walked into like a different song from the wizard of oz so, like they were walking one of them walked into like the scarecrow oh. the other one did the tin man the other one did like the lion um, and then because my birthstone is emerald, because it's in May, all my jewelry was emerald. Oh, so it kind of just went hand in hand. Wow. We need photos, Alex. That's really nice. That's really cute. <laughs> we need photos, Alex. <laughs> yeah. We had a theme, too. <laughs> my theme was, like, Hollywood, and so, which is not, not really a theme. It was just, like, black and red. But we had a red carpet, and, like, there was, yeah, we had, like, a whole church ceremony. before. It was basically a wedding. We had, like, a whole church ceremony, and then, and I did have the 15, I was, like, really badly bullied in middle school. So all these people, my mom was like, I want all the people to see you looking beautiful. So it was, like, all women, girls that I hated that bullied me, and, like, boys that bullied me were all <laughs> my court. And I just, I looked stunning, and then I walked in, and it was, like, there were a few that were very 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 nice but it was um it was funny because I didn't have anyone to be my escort so I asked this like little shy boy and he his mom came up and thanked me his mom was like he's so shy like he never like makes friends she was very like a little sad but she was like no like thank you so much for having him and then he liked me and then he got mad that I was flirting with this guy I liked at my kids it was a whole (laughs) it was a whole thing and then that guy didn't like me and then one of my escort girls liked that guy it was too Sounds much like a and no one ended up with him <laughs> sounds like a geese did you have a surprise dance yeah but we rehearsed it so bad that it it looked like it looks really bad we have video of it where we're all supposed to turn at the same time and it just looks like a ripple because like no one knew when so it's just <laughs> it's really really bad but we, we did that we did i want to see i want to see pictures of both of these things <laughs> Oh, I want to see. I have, um, I have videos, too, because of my surprise dance. Oh, yeah. My mom keeps trying to get my boyfriend to sit down and watch the Kinsey <laughs> video. I'm like, please, no. He's like, no, I really want to. I'm like, God, no. It was it was a bad time. I mean, a, a beautiful time, but, like, traumatizing because I was 15. So it's, like, bad times for other reasons. But, yeah, I – any last questions, Frankie? Any, like – I don't know. I'm trying to think of, like – we have some, but now that I look at them, they're kind of like silly. <laughs> like one of them is like, what's your favorite like Latino food? Like, I don't know. Mole. I don't, hey, it's valid. What I like it? all types. Mole. mole. Yeah. Yeah. Mole. <laughs> mole con arroz. That's my favorite. Mm. Pozole. Mm. Pozole rojo. Menudo. Do you like menudo, Alex? Ooh. I like country. Yes, my grandma used to make bomb menudo. I'm going to take you to Laredo one day because in January we have something, or in February Mm. we have something called the menudo bowl. And a bunch of people in Laredo make these, it's like a chili Mm -hmm. contest, but for menudo. 
and you can Wait, go that's so cool. cute. Yeah. That's we so love it. it really is. We have another one called the Jalapeno Fest. Oh, don't get me started. Belinda's going to really? be there this year. Aaliyah hates yeah. when I talk about it. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's the oh. parade, like the George Washington birthday thing. And every time I bring it up, she goes, please don't tell me about your parade. <laughs> Oh, you told me about that. That's wild. Yeah, that's where all of those things happen. It's all mm. that one month. It's really fun. That's like a whole episode. No, it really yeah. is. Uh, uh, you're, you're I know. <laughs> it's too much. It's a book. There's literally a history book that some journalist wrote who used to live in Laredo, and it's all about the George Washington birthday print. That's so funny. That's that could have been your most Texan thing. It doesn't feel very Texan. It feels Laredoan. And that's my issue. Is like, there's a lot of things where I'm like, is this Laredo or is this the rest of the state of Texas? And usually the answer is it's just Laredo. That's, yeah. Yeah. So that's what is it for? Vibe. Yeah, like, what is it for? What is the parade for? Um, <laughs> The per- his bir- the, it's yeah. for his birthday for the president oh, of just- the United States of America, George Washington. We love him. Just for his birthday, uh, and it's for his Do birthday. And so, yes, we, I'm sorry. This- well, no, not us as a collect, like not the universal we, but like the Laredo we, the royal like, we. Just- no, just Laredo. Like a statue of him we or- like him. Oh, we too. would if we could, if we could afford it. <laughs> okay, that's what I was asking. Like, like is he like a prominent figure in in like Laredo? I didn't know that. Not in history. We just really like him. We were like, <laughs> we was were he like, born we're there? gonna be. Is that it? No. Well, no, he we wasn't born. Really he wasn't born in oh. Mexico. <laughs> we just really wanted oh. to be American, you guys. We were like, we're gonna be so oh. American. We're gonna out American be Americans. And so we have the whole three time parades. We have three parades. We have a carnival. We have an air show. We do the menudo bowl, the jalapeno fest. <laughs> there's another. There's like a stars that we do like a abrazo ceremony go. where people from Mexico, people from US meet at the border on the bridge and they hug oh. and that shows the unification of the countries and that's like that's cute. it's like a month long thing. It's so wow. much. And then they have like Martha's and there's like these ladies. It's like a debutante thing and they dress in these seventeen thousand dollar beaded gowns. And they like show off their shoes because the, sh- the dresses are really heavy. It's a really. I'll send you guys pictures. <laughs> they have that documentary on Netflix about Martha Martha Washington that we, you were just talking about. That mm-hmm. celebration they have a documentary about that on Netflix. I was supposed to watch oh, it. Oh, they did. Why not? Because <laughs> it looked boring. <laughs> It's so fun, you guys. That's my culture. That was how I grew up. That's why I'm like this. <laughs> well, I, I love that for you. That's wild. No, I do. I love that. I, that's just so interesting to me. That's like the equivalent to the Schulenberg Festival for me. Yep. They call it the National Party of Texas. <laughs> what's at the Schulenberg Festival? There's like some big country artists who have like been there to like perform perform i haven't been in literal years uh but i think it at same i it was it's always falls like on the week of like my birthday so i think that's why i don't like it because like it my birthday just became the schulenberg festival it overshadows like, it it did i'm like i'm a leo guys i'm like this doesn't work for me um so when that week comes i just know my my instagram is just going to be filled with people like posting stuff about it and i told my friends yeah sure i told my friends i was like we could like try to get them to like sponsor 
sponsor you. Like, it's Alondra's like, birthday. Okay, like, totally cool. I told my friends, I was like, this is literally their ACL. Like, that's what it is. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> kidding, guys. It is, it is four days, and it's their ACL. Like, like like people eat it up like they just I think that's something super it. Texas too is yeah. festivals yeah. like like sh- like Shiner yeah. especially yeah, in these festivals. small towns Shiner festival and they, they make it yeah Shiner um, oh yeah like there's one oh, yeah. in a small town called Navasota and it's Texas birthday bash and it's just a festival to celebrate Texas birthdays wow just <laughs> random well, yeah, Schulenburg's like twenty. Schulenburg's like twenty minutes away from China, and the thing is that like every single one of these little towns has their own festival. Like it's not just one. Like every single town has their own festival. But like the big, they need to get like they're the just, RGB. But they're all just little, like, big aren't they all like the German towns though? Like isn't Yokum like a German town? And, like, yeah, it is. But like area. the like the big one, like the ACL of it all, the ACL of it all is a Schulenburg one. Like that's that's the that's the high end it's one. It's the Schulenberg one because I think I uh, sorry I don't no that's like the big one because I think even like what's I think is is it Cody Johnson yeah. I think I think he's literally been there before and like all these like bigger I think even like Schulenberg Texas yes like me yeah, like it's these big country artists being like I'll see you guys at Schulenberg Texas this weekend I'm like what does this mean I don't even I don't know who these people are but like it sure is on my story for like a week straight. <laughs> That's kind oh, of slay, though. Yeah, it kind of is. Like, if you're into it, like, people really love it. <laughs> Does anyone know any nearby county fairs happening? Because I really want to eat very badly. I really want to eat a turkey county egg very fairs? badly. And I know that county fairs have the best Isn't ones. The Dallas, and I want to go Dallas to one nearby. Have one? Wait. Dallas? Like, about to? As in when? Definitely coming up very soon. As in when? The state fair? The state fair, yes, that. The state fair's in October. Yes. Because it's when um, Red River Showdown happens. Mm -hmm. That's very Texas, Red River Showdown. And the Renaissance, the Renfest. And Red Fair. Oh, Renfest very much, though. Oh, I love Renfest. But does Austin not have one? Austin has a, it has a really tiny baby one. And it's called the Sherwood Fest, and it happens in like a in like a really small town. No, no, no not not the Ren Fair. The, the, the county. Don't we have the a county, county fair? Travis? Oh, county? yeah, we don't have a county fair. I we are no too idea. city to be having that. This is like <laughs> country area stuff. We're too city girl. <laughs> They're gonna have one in Fort Bend. Turkey leg. They're gonna have one in Fort Bend. I know. Like, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, that's what. That's the one I. I almost Just, what's there that? Once. What's that town that you were? You say you and your boyfriend love every time you pass by. Um, oh my God, Giddings! I'm pretty sure they Giddings. they have to have a fair at some point. That's in time. Oh, you're so right. A date at Giddings <laughs> County Fair? Oh my God! I don't know. Giddings moving on up. Giddings be moving on up. <laughs> no, hold up. I'm literally writing that Can down every once in a while. He's like, time. "What if I take you to a date?" To yeah, because like every like every Giddings. little town like that, like I like I'm not kidding guys like every month there's some sort of You're festival so going on. Day, they have the watermelon fest so does mm, moving texas oh the pumpkin fest is happening next month here i'm excited i'm going to that also um, like don't okay, they sell turkey def- legs in fredericksburg you could just drive to fredericksburg i feel like it's a county fair every day i've in never been to fredericksburg it's like a county so fair every day <laughs> <laughs> you can drink really in public is. and you can get but that's turkey not legs the vibe. i want to be around like 
rides that don't function right, you know? And, like, get a turkey leg. <laughs> like, I'm walking and, You're gonna you know, people are, like, smell children the are running. They're cracking eggs. Yeah. yeah. Literally, yeah. Let's see the colorful tents. That yeah, okay. all the food I can't have and just turkey just legs. Just go to the rodeo. The side of the rodeo. That's where they have yeah. all the weird stuff. I know. Pickle pizza. Because I did go to the Sherwood one just for, just for the turkey leg. I'm sorry. Wait a minute. Pickled pizza? Yeah, something Why? new. I just, I don't know, it's pickle pizza and it's Texas. On a stick. That's pickles. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, I just wanted to clarify. <laughs> we can move on. Alex, Alex said, yep. With, <laughs> with that, I think we can end the recording. Yay! Because some people have to hop off. But thank you guys so much. That was so fun. Any last things anyone wants to say about being Latino in Texas? Anyone want to take it's that? It's rough out here, y'all. <laughs> Would you recommend it? That's the last question. Would any of you be like, that's the place to be Latino in mm. Texas? It depends. Depends. It depends. Yeah. It depends. I think it depends on where you grew up. I think it's a vibe. Yeah. yeah. Houston, where you grew Houston's up. a vibe. Houston's a vibe. Yeah. Laredo's all right. You just got to get out. And it depends on your version of being Latino. You know, it's like what it what it means to you, where you are, and... So, I don't know. I think it just depends. I'd say I love being Texan. When I moved to New York, they asked me if I rode a horse, genuinely. And I thought that was fun. (laughs) And that wraps up our journey of growing up Latino in the heart of Texas. We hope you've enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed sharing our stories with you. It was an absolute blast to get to know my coworkers a little better just by finding out how they grew up. There was so much we had in common, so many similar scenarios we faced, but also so many big differences depending on which cities we grew up in and what subcultures we were surrounded by. Yet we've learned that despite our diverse backgrounds, there's a beautiful thread that ties us all together. The love for our culture, our families, and the Lone Star State. Thank you so much for tuning in, and until next time, keep sharing your stories, embracing your roots, and embracing the magic that comes from blending cultures. Adios! We'll see you on the next episode of Conversando. Gracias.